This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio Saturday evening, everybody. Welcome in to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on the Saturday before the Thanksgiving holiday. A lot, a lot going on. Uh, J. Doc in the city, a full house in the studio tonight. Great show, great lineup, great guests, some special guests in the studio watching. So we've got uh, a live audience with us in the studio tonight. Pressure's on, J. Doc. That's right. Don't, don't overproduce. The I show. am nervous, Joe. Right. I'm scared to death. Uh, yeah, no, we got a great show, and I've been waiting for the show for a long time. We got great friends uh, on the air with us tonight. This is our business of news show, and and we have Bill Ross. Executive. This is our first time we've ever done a business of news. I've never actually heard you refer to that topic as business of news. Yeah, no, what I mean, mean we. You know, th- th- these guys are great friends, but also you know top labor leaders and 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 the individuals that represent a lot of the uh, the news people in the city of Philadelphia, in one way or the other. Uh, Bill Ross, executive director of the news. Guild 10 is with us. Joe Inimer is the president of Graphics Communication Conference, Local 16N and, and District 9. And of course, we have a special segment at the end of the show for our union contractors and really any any people who own their own business out there. Alan Kalish of Kalish Financial Services. So we got a packed house tonight. We got some great people in the studio as well. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm real excited. Let's begin the show with some union news. There's uh, all kinds of uh, oh. conversation uh, on this radio program over the last three to six months as we've uh, talked about the refinery, we've mm-hmm. broken down the refinery, we've uh, had uh, the union we have Ryan O'Callaghan in here, Mike in the studio, talking about the refinery and then yeah. of course um, the refinery closing became headline news not only in Philadelphia but also nationally. John Doherty was on the program uh, when Ryan was here in the studio and at the time I remember uh, John Doherty saying that he would make the trip to Washington uh, Washington, uh, if necessary, to meet with the president or meet with whoever he needed to meet with to get some sort of a resolution in a positive sure. way to get that uh, refinery open. So and there's uh, a rally downtown. I mean, well, I know- before we get to that, let me just set the table. So okay. two weeks ago. Uh, John Doherty delivered on that promise, and John and a contingency uh, went down to Pennsylvania Avenue, went down to the White House to discuss the refinery and to talk about the Navy Yard, um, and there's a scheduled follow-up for that. So what that actually means... I think it's a step in a positive direction. Now, to your point, um, a lot of the bidders interested in buying uh, that uh, property um, out of bankruptcy were f- 
ran into a protest at City Hall from a lot of the neighbors sure. uh, and the surrounding neighbors. So well, the people, story's just about to get told for the second exactly, time. Exactly. Like John said, uh, this is not over by any stretch. And anybody who thinks that that's going to be a ball field uh, anytime soon uh, or, or you know, supermarket or whatever they're looking at is, you know, their marbles are a little loose because guess what? It's not over. And we feel strongly that it, we're going to have a positive resolution. And so we'll keep everybody updated. Uh, I talked to Doc tonight and hopefully we'll get him on before the year concludes uh, and try and get an update on that and perhaps visit revisit uh, with Ryan uh, as well. Uh, two other stories. Shout out to um, Local 5. Local 5 put on the big lift event uh, tonight. Remember, a year ago, we were live uh, down at uh, the Sheet Metal Workers Union Hall for what was a tremendous, tremendous night. Well, today they had the lift event. event. Local 5 uh, is, is, is the, uh, the, the uh, local that organizes the event, but also it was at, lo- uh, at Local 19 Sheet Metal Workers Hall today. Uh, it's a big boxing match, and it's, it's a, a great challenge. Charity. It's the it's the purchase uh, for veterans, disabled veterans, and in, in, uh, different lift like uh, elevators or uh, different lift devices that allow them uh, to to get upstairs and all that. And uh, you know, it's a great event. And we we laud the union community for supporting it and for participating in it. And of course, Local Five for doing a fin- then that's the uh, elevator uh, workers um, constructors. Um, they organize it. It's a great thing every year. By the way, it's a packed house, as you know. We had a great time, and they did it today, and it was another successful event. Yeah, so we will get you an update on uh, on the show in terms of how well they did, but as uh, as you referenced, uh, packed house. Before I bring Bill Ross into the conversation, um, we start. I know there was one other union story, union-related story, dealing with Amazon well, that you wanted to at least well, have some conversation Yeah, the about. AFL-CIO, uh, Rick Blumendale, and... and uh, uh, the PA AFL CIO Frank Snyder uh, are, are, are put out a big press release. Uh, Amazon building a new factory in, in in Pennsylvania, and of course they're using out of state non union uh, construction uh, workers and workers. Um, and so uh, I, you know what's the deal, right? I mean we get the best workforce in the country here. Okay, it's. It, it's not like they're a Mickey Mouse company, right? It's not like they're you know dying. You know they they're a trillion dollar company. Okay, I understand he gave half his money to his wife in the settlement, but is there a reason why we're going out of state and to non-union workers to to uh, and non-union contractors to, to to build a new factory uh, that that's going to uh, put people to work in Pennsylvania? A little confusing. That's just and I and and we support their effort. Uh, you know, uh, at the uh, PAAFLCO, I want to get the word out, and, and hopefully Amazon will do the right thing. Yeah, we'll put an invitation out to Rick, certainly, or to Frank uh, to, Frank to uh, come on uh, and spend some conversation and talking about it. And now that, uh, as you know, we broadcast uh, from the other side of the state in Pittsburgh, perhaps sure. we can put some pressure, uh, not only from KDKA, but also from here, or the sister station right here, uh, Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Bill Ross, thank Thank you so much for coming in uh, to the studio. Let me give you the open floor to kind of set the table for the listening audience, and then we'll pick up the conversation on the other side of the break. But um, it's nice first to have you here. Um, I always feel as though when we connect, once we get past all of the 
hellos and 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 all of the uh, all of the the general good conversation there's a tough story uh, that you tell um, and we're here to support you we appreciate that thank you Joe it's a pleasure to be back and um, as you said there's always seems to be a sad story in the news business um, and our, our story doesn't get any better unfortunately last week was a, a really tough week in the industry um, you know continuing um, merging um, investing from um, private equity firms, hedge funds are continuing to just dominate this industry and buy uh, newspaper companies or invest in newspaper companies to a point now where it's it's really, really problematic for a lot of us. And what's the ultimate reason why they're doing it, Bill? Because it's they're still making money. Newspapers are still profitable in some markets, um, and they can strip them down, sell the property, sell the buildings. Um, you know, the four that we represent that are owned by a hedge fund here in Pennsylvania, um, we're, we're down 70% of our members um, have been wiped out through buyouts or layoffs. No investment in the, in the company at all. The products, the buildings... Um, and it's it's just something that they're able to, um, to to strip down to. There's nothing left but taking the profits out of these businesses and investing in other risky investments. And that's what they've done. Unfortunately, the investments they've invested in, this Alden Global Capital out of New York, um, they invested in Fred's Pharmacy, a $100 million investment they've lost, went bankrupt. Uh, Payless Shoes, bankrupt. 20,000 people out of work you know, th- through these private equity investments. But the cash came out of the newspaper business because they're still profitable. Yeah, interesting. You know, it's amazing. I, I, we had a conversation last night I was out to dinner, and uh, somebody was at our table, and we were talking about news and hospitals, two things that uh, should never have a, uh, be owned by a corporate entity and who has to answer to, uh, their shareholders. Because uh, when you're talking about, and we had the conversation before, Bill, uh, you're talking about news and you're laying off uh, you know, Pulitzer Prize-winning reporters, uh, and at the same time, when you're talking about hospitals, that you, once you, once the profit becomes the priority, the quality of the business itself goes down. Correct. So you talk, you know, so you, you know, this is this is your everyday life, from yeah. I right? Yeah, it just gets worse, and and the more you see it, you you wouldn't think, you know, companies like the Tribune. Uh, company would would now you know twenty five percent investment by Alden in Tribune, so they're one of the largest shareholders, and Tribune is still you know a profitable big uh, newspaper company. Um, but that's just just what's going on. And there's other you know talks of of other newspaper companies being in trouble. That private you know equity is probably just waiting. These hedge funds are waiting to step in. Let's tell the other side of the story. In uh, we've got sixty seconds till we get to the break. Newspapers are reinventing themselves. They've found traction in the digital space. Correct. Um, they are becoming profitable. They're not a write-off anymore. The public perception may be that they are, but they're not. They are reinventing themselves every day. Video, audio, podcasting, the whole nine yards. That is correct. Yeah, we're seeing it here in, at the Inquirer. Um, it's it's rapidly changing uh, almost daily And what, what, what is new. We'll get to a commercial break here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Joe Inimer will bring him uh, into the conversation. This is... Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Ironworkers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with 
so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Back here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT the weekend before uh, Thanksgiving. One reminder, I'll see everybody on Thanksgiving morning down at Tollman Joe's down on Oregon Avenue. It's Krause's Thankful Thanksgiving uh, as we serve uh, Thanksgiving to all of the veterans who are in harm's way from around uh, the city. Uh, the IBEW Local 98 coming together, uh, Councilman Mark Squilla, uh, and just a whole bunch of great volunteers sure. uh, for a very, very special Thanksgiving. It's Krause's Thankful Thanksgiving, and that will be on Thursday. Anybody listening around the Delaware Valley who wants to volunteer? We'll see you at Tolman Joe's on Thursday morning. Absolutely. Well done, Joe. Um, and again, we're, we're having our business of news show. And, uh, and that, that, that statement alone is, you know, there's so many meanings to it. And I'm going to bring in uh, Joe Inimer, who's the president of Graphics Communication Conference, uh, Local 16N, District 9. Joe, how are, how are you? And if you would, tell us who you represent, who your workforce is. Mostly uh, newspapers. We have the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We did have the Reading Eagle, Philadelphia Inquirer, Philadelphia Daily News, Courier Post. And your workers are the printers, right? Yes, we actually print the paper. After Bill Ross and his crew assemble the news with the reporters, uh, we have the pre-press department. We put it all together, put it on paper, and out the door it goes. And so you um, have... You know, a lot a lot of what's going on in the industry has affected your workforce. Absolutely. As much as anybody. Tell us uh, how it has affected you and tell us some of the challenges that you guys face on a daily business uh, daily uh, business day. The biggest challenge we have, I think Bill mentioned it, is the digital end. It's killing our paper. Right now, print is still king. But within five years, I think the Inquirer uh, will reign in the digital field. Uh, we just lost uh, the Reading Eagle. Not too long ago, we lost the Allentown Morning Call. It's being outsourced. My paper up in Pittsburgh last year was printing seven days a week. They went to two days of digital. September 30th, less than two months ago, they um, increased that to four. Now we're printing three days a week, more layoffs. How many people have you lost in the last uh, year or so? In the last year, probably about 200 people. And, and your membership initially was how big? And in our heyday, we were 1,300. We're, we're just down to about five right now, 500. And Bill, you represent, who are your workers? Well, as Joe said, we represent um, the reporters, the ad sales uh, staff, the circulation department, finance, uh, advertising. So we have a, a wall-to-wall unit, the Inquirer, and and most of our other papers, uh, mostly the editorial and advertising departments. How many members? Right now, uh, about 500. And at your heyday? Oh, boy. Uh, probably 2,000. 2,000. You know, it's a real interesting conversation that we're, we're having here. It, it, and I don't mean to inject um, China into the middle of the conversation, but if you were, if you jumped on a plane in Beijing to fly back to... Uh, the states to fly back to the great USA uh, and you were sitting in the back of the plane as you look down 
the middle of the plane from your from the last seat in that flight you would see a newspaper opened for by every single individual that is on that flight so anybody originating out of china coming to the states still to this day heavy saturation of their news comes through the print through the printed word, the written word that is the printed word, well, so very, very different. I mean, I still think people, I mean, and I know that technology's changing, and I know that, um, you know, listen, people are paying uh, a couple dollars for, you know, I mean, I do. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I get a lot of my information from Philly.com and, you know, and, and the Daily News and Inquirer, but my, my question is, do you think people still like to hold that hard copy? I mean, that's something that, is it's still it's still special that's true joe but it's the older generation uh, i could give you a quick summary about eight years ago we had a survey up in pittsburgh and we put a thousand papers around total around the various colleges dormitories dorms and at the end of the month there was approximately 992 papers just sat there wow that's People, young people today just prefer to get their news through the Internet. Look at the grandchildren, my grandchildren. They're going to have hunchback necks. All they do is walk around like this. I see people walking out in the street and almost get run over. Listen, my chiropractor, literally, you know, I can't go in his his office. You know, I'm always on my phone, and and, and, and he's always like, and and he does that to everybody. There's no question about it. but, but go ahead. And, and just to stay on Joe's point, that we have interns at the Inquirer, so students that work uh, an unpaid or paid and unpaid internship program. When I meet with them, class of twenty kids, I ask them, "How many of you have read the Inquirer Daily News this morning?" And most, probably all twenty, raise their hands. And then I ask them, "How many of you actually read it on a print pro- on a print newspaper?" And nobody raises their hand. It's just incredible. But I'm wondering if they pay for it because of all the people who who uh, get are used to getting things for free. Okay, the kids, you know, they know how to get it. I mean, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, you, M- MP3s, you know, music. They find ways to get that. I mean, what are you're showing those? Your, you're showing your age, J. Dog. Yeah. MP3s, Bill. You just have to turn around and ask your daughter. About MP3s you know I mean? now. I, 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 no, but I'm saying music. Yeah, music, I'm saying music. Right. Music, I guess. Music, uh, you know, like... You, it, MP3s are gone. No, okay, but my point is... <laughs> are, are they gone? They're, they're gone, right? Just about. Okay. Well, well, but my point is music downloads. People right. don't... Uh, the kids don't buy them. Right. So so the question is, how do they... Are, are and the record industry's going down right. the tubes, tubes right. also. So is this generation somehow getting the, the print or the digital product for free? Is what yeah. You know, who knows? I mean, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a plan to stop that, but... Well, you know, they, I mean, they, you know, they, they had the same issue in the record business. Right. But, but when I was young, and that that's going back, I was Ben Franklin's flyboy. Uh, <laughs> we used to go the kids summer. We used to always go to the library and read and get books. Today, I don't know how many children go to the library. They don't read. They anymore. have the Kindles if they want to. They, they read, that's don't right. read. I don't know why. Well, I mean, it's an interesting. You know, I, let's you, let's talk about the potential causes. You know, I, I I tell you, of course, you have. You know, and 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 it's a collective. Uh, and I was thinking about it on the way down here. Uh, it's a collective um, group. But I mean, when you think about obviously the digital, uh, the digital news. Let's also talk about 20, the twenty-four hour news cycle on, on you know with the big you know 
news stations, CNN, Fox, 24. I also sometimes wonder, and tell me what you both think, if if uh, the 24-hour news cycle affects the quality and integrity of news. And I say that because the, com- the competition is so unbelievable that sensationalism becomes a part of the, the process. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's... You got you to, who it, wants to be first? Who will, you know. well, and that's how you want, you know, your news. If you're on Inquirer.com, you're seeing what's happening right now. Tomorrow morning when you get your paper, you already know basically what happened yesterday because you yeah, read about I mean, it. And, it's and, 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 I, and, I, and I, Ted Turner, for example, I mean, that, that he created um, the 24-hour you know, all, news but, station. But to Joe's point, the, the print product is king. It always has been. The Sunday Inquirer is, you know, is where the revenue still is generated. So, if the thinking of this current management team is we're going to get rid of it in five years, because we'll be all digital, it'll never happen. They're right. they're just not. The digital subscriptions are at a, you know, at a, at a standstill. Right. They're not the New York Times. They're not the Washington Post. So they, they used to give the digital away for free, and right. it's now hard to convince people you got to pay, pay for, for it. it. Well, that, and by the way, that's a big. Yeah, that, that's a big part of the, the, the situation. People, that's why we talk about music. We talk about news because all, it, it, the, the digital has the same issue. You, you know, people are turning on the twenty-four hour news site and, and and you know CNN or Fox or whatever and try and, and getting news there also. Let me mem- Joe. Let me ask you this: What do your members think? What feedback do you get? from them they're in the fire they're facing right. uncertainty they're trying to speculate well we what's have, next we have a younger group now most of our older people uh were able to get buyouts and they left my younger people are really worried about their future because they're married they have homes they have children and it's a major concern for them i've told young guys coming in if you can find another job get it or go back to school because I don't see the future here. There'll be a paper, as Bill said, but it won't be as many people needed to to put that paper into operation. How, how, what, are we going to break? I was going to talk about diversification when we come back. Because Bill, did I tell J. not to produce the show? <laughs> Co-host the show. Trying to get ratings. Don't Hold on. The show. You did. You Hold did. on. We're trying there. to get ratings here. As, <laughs> as we go to the. Uh, oh, how about as that? As we go to the. Com- don't do this. As we go to the commercial break, uh, the headline on Friday's Daily News from a different story, uh, fitting, Do You Read Me? Wow. All right, as we go to the break here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, along with J. Doc M. Joe Krause, a couple of great special guests uh, in the studio. J. Doc, as I come back to you, I will let our audience know, coming up after our next break, uh, Alan Kalish will be uh, along, and he will uh, join the program. He's not the Alan Kalish who's the marketing guru, or there used to be a marketing guru around the city of Philadelphia. He's the guru on the Affordable Care. 
Care Act. So we'll bring Alan into the conversation. Uh, and the great producers behind the glass corrected me, uh, J. Doc, uh, during the commercial break. So I want hmm. to uh, I want to acknowledge the uh, that. 75 to 80 percent perhaps more still utilize the mp3 today so boom to, so wow. to your point to my wow. man back there <laughs> to, your point. to the man behind the glass <laughs> touche to you Jay finally <laughs> so i i give you that win now i'm gonna step Listen, I'm, you know studio, how you right? when you call joe krause's phone and and he doesn't answer and he never answers maybe it's just for me it says if you're the smartest guy in the room you're in the wrong room well, I'm always in the wrong <laughs> so now, now Especially you're, right now, Krause. Now you're going to have to pay for all those mu- that music you downloaded. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's a federal thing. That oh, is federal. man. No comment. Um, so we're talking, uh, this is our business and news show. And um, you know, we're, we're here with Bill Ross and Joe Winnemer. Uh, Joe Winnemer represents the printers. Uh, run the printing presses for your newspapers, and, and, and Bill Ross represents the writers and a number of the other individuals that work at the newspaper. Um, a couple things. Uh, you know, in today's day and age of news, we have social media. And, you know, we've all heard the the, the term fake news. And when you have a, a president that is constantly discrediting our our, our, uh, our, our, our workforce, our news writers, our, you know, our, our newspapers, our publications, what is what what is that what does that do? I've never seen anything quite like that in my entire life. I mean, I may not like a, a particular story or whatever, but let me make that decision. Well, what we've seen in the in the news guild um, since the um, the president was elected, um, there's a wave across the country, starting with the L.A. Times unionizing, the Chicago Tribune, the Virginia Pilot, the Allentown Morning Call, all owned by the Tribune Company. Um, the New York Times, you know, digital subscriptions, millions of, of subscribers, thanks to wanting real news. Mm-hmm. And um, the more you hear it, I think it's just it's just turned the wave the other way that people want to know. And when you hear someone say, I, I, I read that on Google, they didn't read it on Google. Google got it from one of our right. newspapers. That's where they get it. Um, right. And that's where they got it. So finally, the Inquirer just recently struck a deal with Facebook. Facebook's going to pay the Philadelphia Inquirer half a million dollars a year for using their content because they want real stories. And they want to, they're verified that they're real news. That's right. big news, so Bill. That's big news. That is big news. Yep. And Google hopefully is next. But but again, the horse is out of the stable and running around the track. It's too late. You know, um, you should have never let giving your product away for free for all these years. And now they're they're trying to work out deals, whether it works, hopefully it will, and it'll benefit Joe's members and our members. That's where that money should go. Now, we talk about the nonprofit model. <laughs> Okay, we we did a, a you know, and I know. By the way, if you you know, this is this is radio, so you can't see the look on Bill Ross's face. Um, but how has that impacted both of your industries? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, the nonprofit. Uh, all I can say is, it, it's nonprofit for us. We're not getting any raises. Correct. Yeah, I mean, and 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 then what? If people don't understand, what is the nonprofit model? Didn't Jerry Lenfest start a nonprofit yeah, before he passed, yeah, passed this, away? In this city, it's set up. You know, unfortunately, or fortunately, Inquirer and Daily News and Inquirer.com is still a for-profit operation owned by a nonprofit, the Lenfest Institute for Journalism. And what they've told us repeatedly, and I'm sure they'll tell telling Joe the same thing, <laughs> is they can't fund 
the for-profit operation. They can't give us money for pay raises. Joe's members have gone seven, eight, nine years without pay raises. We're on 10 years without an across-the-board pay raise. So the, the Lenfest Institute can fund projects and fund certain journalism projects. They, they can pay reporters to work out in Harrisburg, and they become union members, which is great, but they can't fund the operational um, daily expenses. Right. So we're in bargaining. Joe will be in bargaining, and they're sitting right. at the table saying, "Don't you know, Lenfest can't help here. We have to make a profit, and and that's the goal to keep the the for profit making a profit, which they haven't made regularly. We have profit sharing, Joe and I, in our contracts, and the checks have been minimal for the you know couple right. of years. It's not much at all, if any. I will say that uh, uh, Jerry Lenfest, if he, had he passed had not passed away, we might be looking at a different scenario because he was a very very generous man, and I knew him very well personally. Yeah, you had said well. this. I remember we did the story when he passed. You had, you had said what a good man he was. Yes, he and, was um, the real know, deal. At the end of the day, let's talk about the uh, adapting to change. In other words, you both represent workforces, um, and there's a lot of things hitting you from from cable twenty four seven news, uh, you know, to social media, to uh, you know, obviously digital. Uh, where do you go from here in your industries? Joe, Joe Inimer, you guys run printing presses, but you you do a lot of. You said earlier, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you know, you just print, a, you know, a, a ton of things, including oh, yeah. money. Um, uh, we actually at the Inquirer we print a portion of the New York Times. No, Wall but I, I mean, Journal. I'm just saying other products. Right. For example, right. I know you represent printers that that, oh, yeah. that do just printing products. Oh yeah. Can you adapt in with the workforces at the Daily News and at the Inquirer and a lot of your publications to have them, you know, increase well, their workload through other types of printing? We could, but uh, the presses themselves weren't designed to do anything but print uh, newspapers. So I got you. And, just to give you an idea, when that building was built back in 92, it was $300 million to build that building. $155 million were just for the printing presses, which were the most modern presses in the world at the time. Wow. I mean, it's amazing. Four Bill, stories high. Yeah, no question. Um, Bill, you know, and, and you're, you know, you represent writers, obviously the writers for, for the, um, you know, for the newspapers. Uh, is, is, are there any other opportunities you know, to syndicate their, to, you know, their columns. I mean, in other words, is there any way, how do you adapt to this climate? Right. Well, it's it's not easy. And, and our workers are asking each day to be trained, to learn the digital product. You know, how do they write for the website? And that's what the, that's what the paper wants. They want you to write, you know, for the, the print product and the, and the website. You know, you so. know what's interesting? I sit there and I say to myself, because, you know, like you said, you know, the, 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 the paper's still king and the news industry is still huge. And, and the Daily News and, and Inquirer, which I've lit, grown up on and Philly.com is now a part of that, still creates a celebrity effect. And now with blogs and all those things, you know, there could be, and I'm just throwing some things out there, there could be opportunities with, with the quality of Pulitzer Prize winning well, writers. Made a, made a star, the Philadelphia Inquirer made a star to Stephen A. Smith. He just signed his new contract on ESPN for $8 million right. a year. Yeah. So, um, he was, That's peanuts compared to Krauss. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Look at Larry Merchant. He, he started his right. Daily News. Right. Turned out to be on HBO. Yep. Uh, or do you, you know, guys- the irony the irony of the conversation um, is that we are right smack in the middle of a time when the world is craving news, whether they believe it or not might be a different conversation. But people in general, the audience listening on this radio station, 
right now on Monday through Friday when they tune into the morning so- show with Rizzioli. They are there to consume what's happening yeah, and, in the world. And, and, and more a, than ever, Jada. No question. More than ever. But absolutely. you know, I'm thinking like special interest stories that would appear in the new in the hard copy news that wouldn't that you wouldn't find online. Giving people a reason to you know you to get things. If people, you know, they like Joe Krause said, they crave news. Right. If they got something in the hard paper hard copy paper, even valued coupons for crying out loud. Correct. I always say... I'm uh, recreating the industry right here, fellas. Go ahead. I would say that the digital news is a bite of the apple, but the print is the rest of the apple. You, you only get tidbits at the digital. You get the whole story, and people just sit down and read it. But this is a fast world today. People... They just don't slow down. It's not like it was years ago. No, I I, I get it, and no no question about. It. But there's nothing like holding that that, right. that newspaper in your hand. You know, it's but you know before we obviously take a break. Long term prognosis. Uh, you know, do we got a shot here? To you know, I mean, can we be? Is there creative ways for us to take this industry in both your directions and 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 uh, and and succeed in the future? There are ways. I mean. We experiment with different uh, ways of printing the paper, products, um, even having, uh, like, perfume. You ever, the, the ladies know you get those samples, and we can do that on the newsprint. Bill? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic that, that the newspaper is not going to go away, especially in, in this city. Um, and I think that was Jerry Lenfest's vision. Uh, and by, that's another thing. This, a that, big city needs a big correct, newspaper. Correct. Um, and that was his plan to right. set this this you know this foundation up or this institute up to keep the Inquirer and hopefully the Daily News here forever. Uh, what I want to say to you guys, and I know you guys are unbelievable advocates for your members, just are out there working in the in the trenches every day, and in industries where people stereotype unions like we're all construction guys. And I'm proud to be one, but but you're all you know. Your, your labor force bill all the writers when when joe kraus when we when we set up outside of uh you know on on broad sh- on market, market street there that picket line was writers and 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 newspaper workers and they were just as committed as any picket line i've seen uh and it was a demonstration line or whatever that was but it was a great and it was awesome to be there so i want to commend both of you joe winneman and bill ross for for the job you do for your members keep fighting they're lucky to have you guys i can Thank tell you, you um, your credit cards. Yeah, we d- we do them right now. All that encoding. We've been with a company called Idemia for seven years, fighting them in the Department of Labor. We just now got to the final stages of a contract. Our members are going to vote on it next week, and I'm happy to say that they all stuck with us because they believe in unions, and you get tired of being walked on. And they stuck for seven years, and I, I give them credit. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, well done, well said. Uh, great way to end the uh, segment, and we believe in unions too, my friend, and we will stay here uh, as long as we can and use this microphone uh, to be able to affect change, to be able to uh, support Bill Ross. And I will say, Jay Doc, as we go to the commercial break, uh, as a uh, associate card-carrying member uh, of the Newspaper Guild, uh, Bill Ross, I'm very proud of that. We'll get to a commercial break back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by IOTC Local 8, District 1199C, and the Newspaper Guild. The right wing conservatives don't have to drive themselves crazy, they can walk there. <laughs> God bless you. Presented by Pond. 
Weekly, powered by Teladoc, fueled by our good friends at the Sinesta Hotel and driven by Chapman Ford on the boulevard. Go see Jim Stevenson, by the way, on Black Friday uh, for the best of the best. Jim Stevenson has been serving the union community uh, for 35 years. He reads the newspaper on a daily basis uh, every single day of the week. Uh, Monday through Friday, just an all-around good guy, and we thank Jim, and we thank uh, Chapman Ford on the Boulevard, J-Doc. Absolutely, Jim, Jim, get to know him. He's been with us for ages, and we thank God. Um, As we close out, by the way, I want to shout out to Sidney Ross, who's in the house right now. Bill Ross, do you know who Sidney Ross is? I I do, I do. And and who is she? She's my 25-year-old daughter. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And now the Delaware Valley knows you, so we're all good. Um, having said that, um, we're going to kind of transition here. Uh, a lot of our union contractors and business people out there, it's that time of year again. Uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, and, and, and as a, a small business owner, uh, I, you know, we get the calls all the time. You start to get them right now. I'm happy to bring on to the program Alan Kalish of Kalish Financial Services. How are you today, Alan? I'm doing fine. It's great to have you. And Thank you again. You, you did such a great job by popular demand. You're back. Uh, and certainly, um, you know, it's, like I said, it's that time of year. Uh, talk about a little bit about the Affordable uh, uh, Care Act and, and, and the deadlines that are coming up right now. Because a lot of people, it's so confusing. Um, what did, you know, tell us about these deadlines. Well, first of all, you have to understand there's different segments of the medical insurance world. One segment is Medicare. One segment is individual uh, insurance that you. Some people get coverage through the uh, get discounts through the exchange, and the other is the group insurance world, which is uh, an employer-based group coverage that the various companies will buy. So, in the group insurance world, we don't have deadlines. We have annual anniversaries, many of which are usually January first. So, companies now are reviewing coverage looking at benefits, seeing what changes they want to make in their contract. For individuals who are buying insurance on their own, they are not Medicare. The deadline is is December 15th, in which they have to, if they're purchasing coverage through the exchange, they have to go back onto the exchange and and uh, put in their medical, their financial information so they could see what they what discounts they can qualify. So, so you deal with a lot of individuals, and to regular people, it can be so complicated. I've heard from ten different people just even recently. Well, if you're going to keep the same insurance you had last year, you don't have to do anything. And Lucky Alan Kalish called me up and said, "No, you have to." Um, well, what do you have to? What's the answer? Well, to the that? answer is is if you're getting the insurance from the exchange in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we have a federal exchange because Pennsylvania doesn't have its own exchange. So there, you must go on and resubmit uh, financial information so you could determine what discount you're qualified for. You're not paying the full premium, most likely. Now. You're no longer obligated to do it, correct? That's correct. That's correct. So there's no penalty if you don't? No, but most people want insurance to cover their medical. I mean, it's a very important type of coverage. So so how many people that you run into, kind of like me and my wife, mm-hmm. are completely, utterly confused by this? Because, you know, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a complicated process, and my wife and I 
a couple years ago, we made a mistake. In fact, we just, my good friend, probably listening right now, gave me some advice. Next thing you know, I was a mess for you know, uh, two years. This is when I first met Alan. I met him on one of the radio programs, and I'm like, listen, thank God, you know, can you please come to my house? Point is, how many people are also confused like we were? Insurance is a complicated process. If it was simple, it, you wouldn't be happy because right. it, it's like anything else. It has its complexities because it needs complexities because it does, there's not one size fits all. So you have to understand the distinctions between what type of coverages you're talking about. People come up to me and say to me, I heard on the, on the, radio, on the television, new things happen. What new things? Well, it depends on what's, what is relevant to you. Sometimes you're talking about policies that have no relevance to that person. What are the consequences if somebody, for example, if, if they make a mistake and they don't, and they don't re-up, they think that they automatically, uh, you know, because they want the same insurance, they're, they're on the, you know, they're on the exchange. Um, what are the consequences of ignoring those phone calls and notifications? Well, it depends. If you're on the exchange and you don't do anything, you're not going to lose your insurance. You're going to lose your discount. So instead of spending $400, you might get a bill for $1,600. So there's significant financial uh, effects. If you don't respond to the exchange for the request for information, they will terminate your, uh, your discount. And then eventually, because you didn't pay the premium, your coverage will lapse. What about uh, the rates this year? I know they, they went up in some cases, just in general, for the same types of coverage or I, income. I have seen increases uh, reasonably significant. Yeah, across, that, the, across the board, there's a lot. Read any newspaper. Right. Read any article. There are story upon story upon story that the pricing, Alan, is skyrocketing, and it's it's slapping people, knocking people over two, in shock from the from the increase. A couple years ago, we would start, and let's say you had a, a person who is, uh, it doesn't matter where age she was, but the income was like eighteen thousand, and she had she was by herself. She got a premium of zero. Today, last year, her policy could have cost $100. Now it could cost two or $300. So <laughs> the numbers have increased, although the premium might be 600 or 800 She's still paying a lot less than the full premium, but she's not paying the, the zero premium. So the, the numbers have increased. What, what do you do? When, tell us a little bit about KFS. Uh, when somebody calls you and says, listen, I tried this. It's kind of like my case, okay? What do you tell people what you do for your clients? So, first of all, again, if we're talking Medicare or we're talking uh, in, in non-group individual policy, Yeah, let's talk about that. Non-group individual, I try to ask information about what's the makeup of the family, who's on the tax return, what kind of income they're talking about, what type of coverage are they looking for, what are their demands if they tell me I must go to University of Pennsylvania. I don't want to go anywhere else. Well, then I have to pick the policy that's going to cover you there. And if and, there's say, a, and there's a a plethora of of policies for people to choose from based on their needs and their that what they can and their affordability yeah, factor. Yes, yes. There's a number of policies that are available that you could design a plan that's going to suit the needs of the individual. But my overriding concern is cost. How much can they afford? And they have to be realistic as to what type of policy makes sense for them. 
Alan Kalish is our special guest here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you and we come to the Delaware Valley on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Alan, would you say uh, that um, the plan is um, relevant specifically to the individual? In other words... Um, my plan or my needs right. um, will be very, very different custom, than, custom than, 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 than Jay Docs or than Bill Ross's or the, than Absolutely. anyone else. Absolutely. The, uh, of course, the question is going to always be, is, uh, is the person have realistic expectations? Can they have to match their their financial... By that you mean what? Realistic expectations as, mean what? As to how much they could afford to pay. And if they're willing to really pay the price for, let's say, something like a personal choice or a preferred provider organization versus an HMA What can they plan. afford and what and, and what they want as far as coverage? Right. Like, I, that's a great question because a lot a great great point because a lot of union workers we've always had personal choice and and and, and that's one of the you know, so we and we wouldn't com, we wouldn't compromise uh, in a lot of ways and but you got to be willing to pay for it. Uh, your contact was that, was that Alan that made a good point, or did you say I made a good point? <laughs> I'm going to go with Alan. You were the one that just stonewalled me on the MP3 thing, right? <laughs> um, but Alan, you know, we t- talk about your contact information. If there's somebody out there, because you, okay, go ahead. No, 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 one minute. Oh, one minute. I'm sorry. Well, Bill, yeah, so Bill, he's getting so far ahead of himself. <laughs> your contact information. Sure. If anybody wants to get sure. in touch with you, first of all, my phone number is two one five. Seven four two twenty five hundred, and my email address is amkalish at kalishfinancial dot com, and the website is kalishfinancial dot com. And here's the moral of the story: we're not going to be able to, in this time. Uh, to be able to deliver the information that you can provide, but we can at least let the audience know that you're an advocate, a resource, and based on their situation, you can And we think about Alan, he communicates with the exchange. He he takes the complicated stuff out of it, so it's great. That's going to do it uh, on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Special thanks to uh, Bill Ross for Joe Inamer and Alan uh, Kalish for coming into the uh, studio tonight as we send you along into uh, the Thanksgiving holiday on behalf of the host of the show, Jay Doc. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.